0: There's a lot of talk in the marketing and advertising industries about diversity, but not a ton of walking. Antonio Lucio is one of the few walkers. In 2016, the chief marketing officer for HP called on the brand's five agency partners to really focus on improving diversity numbers. Each agency could set their own goals, but they needed to meet with HP quarterly, and numbers had to improve year over year. Well, the numbers are in, and they're encouraging, but not stellar on all counts. The agencies employ more women, and women in senior positions, but still have work to do for minorities. I'm Brian Breaker, editor of AdAge, and I'm the host of Ad Lib. and Lucio joins me today to talk not just about diversity, but his view of the state of marketing in 2018. He also shares a little bit of his own personal journey, how his childhood in Spain and Puerto Rico shaped who he is today, and why a diagnosis of depression changed him. like
1: eight, eight, eight years at Visa as a CMO which, uh, one brand was actually uh, Greg Welch from Spencer Stewart told me that I was yeah. breaking all sorts of records yeah, yeah that's and, little, uh, sort I'd, of unheard I'd, of today I, I, liked, I, I like to build things and stay in places so, yeah.
0: uh, that's great, so you have a real opportunity here, thanks for joining us today Antonio I appreciate you being here and taking the time on your New York jaunt you're you beer based San Francisco but you're passing through the east coast
1: Yeah, it's great to be here. It's great to be in New York. I have two daughters here, so always a nice opportunity to do business and then have great dinners with them. It's a
0: family affair. Do you have a favorite New York restaurant? Uh,
1: Actually, no. There are so many of them. Last night we were at uh, Cosme, which is the new uh, Mexican restaurant in in 20th Street between 5th and... And Madison, that was spectacular, I have to say.
0: Okay. Well a little little plug for a local restaurant. I haven't I haven't tried it yet. We'll <laughs> have to get over there. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming. It's great to have you. Last time we saw each other, last time well first time we met was in a can earlier right. this year. Very different weather situation. Uh it's very cold here now. But um that's good. It allows us to focus. Uh, so you've been at HP, we were just discussing since two thousand fifteen. That's a long time tenure for a CMO at this, uh, at this point, and we can talk about, we'll get into the tenure side of things a little later, but when you came on board, you made it a big mandate to push for greater diversity in terms of the agencies you work with. You, had, uh, you, you said that they had to include more women and people of color in positions of influence on, on the HP accounts and uh, more female and diverse executives in general. Uh, obviously, well, ha- uh, is that something you are actually able to mandate? And now, a year in, let's talk about the results. I know that you've you've posted some some encouraging signs. Yeah.
1: So um, it was a great initiative. It, it's it starts it starts from um, from our company value. Uh, we believe that diversity is a business imperative. Uh, mm-hmm. We have the most diverse board in tech. With uh, forty two percent of our board members are women and people of color. We have a CEO who's Australian who has lived all over the world and fundamentally believes that um, having teams that clearly represents the communities that we serve will translate into better innovation and better results. So it starts from there. My yeah. initiative was was an extension of uh, of uh, of that value and of, of that of the recognition that it is a business imperative. So it's been five quarters now. Yeah, uh, we um, we. We made sure that our team was diverse first. Yeah. So, uh, you start inside before inside. you go outside. That's right. So we, when, when we started the journey, we had a, a pretty good representation of females mm-hmm. in the marketing department globally, about mm-hmm. 60%. Mm-hmm. We had very good representation of women at the manager level, 52%. But at the top uh, senior leadership level, which is the 10 most senior jobs that report directly into me, mm-hmm. we only had two. Uh, so it took us a while because your capability is first and foremost mm-hmm. the ultimate uh, uh, measurement. Uh, it took us a while to actually work things out, and
0: today we have fifty percent. S- some hard decisions, I guess. Yeah. Some
1: hard decisions. but but again, when 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 you are rebuilding a team and you have you are identifying new capabilities that are needed mm-hmm. to actually compete in a in a in a digital world that, ex- that is experienced through mobile, it gives you the opportunity to th- change things around. Mm-hmm. So, to the point that we were able to have uh, five uh, outstanding uh, uh, marketers first, and mm-hmm. uh, they just happened to be w- women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, the the 30% the, the, uh, of them are people of color, 70% of them have had a meaningful experience outside of the United
0: States, mm-hmm. which, Meaningful experience. What Meaning that they
1: have lived outside of the United Not right. Not that they travel and they right. stay two days and go back. That right. means that they have lived outside of the United States and yeah. they have managed businesses outside of the United States. Okay. So that for us was important, being a global brand. So the next step was um, Im- inviting the agencies. The, inviting the agencies. Yeah. Um, and the first, the, the, uh, what we were talking about at Cannes at the time was that the reaction was very positive, very encouraging, all the way from people like John Wren, who's the mm-hmm. the CEO of Omnicom, mm-hmm. to um, uh, Fred and Farid, and, and, and Chris Beckert from Gyro, and 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 Richard Edelman from Edelman, and, and mm-hmm. Andrew uh, Robertson from, from BBDO. And what we did at the time was, you know, we need to have a scorecard, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And the scorecard is a, a very simple scorecard. We want to we know in our account, which is about 1,000 to 1,100 people around the world, mm-hmm. um, uh, the percent of women working, the percent of women in, in senior roles, mm-hmm. uh, meaning head creative, head of strategy, See head fate. of account, yeah, mm-hmm. and then, um, uh, f- uh, of our account. Of your account. Of, of our account, right. uh, and, and then the same thing for people of color, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, and, and by the way, so the first thing is we're, we're all going to have the scorecard and you are going to set your own targets, because I, I don't want I, I not, to, I'm not in the quota business, right. you need to tell me what's reasonable, we just want to see progress.
0: Okay. And was there a mandate? Would you have pulled business away if it if they didn't match that target, or was it so, just so?
1: So I I, I, I I did not use mm-hmm. the um, the hammer. I no. used uh, I, I I glove. Would, I used the glove first. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and uh, and what they said they had the scorecard they said their they set their own objectives and the, the the next thing that was very important was that we were going to measure performance on a quarterly basis uh-huh. directly with the CEOs uh-huh. so after a year right. um, we went from forty percent women working in in our in our account to sixty percent mm-hmm. and on the leadership roles we went in most of our agencies from zero to fifty two percent which was like yeah really really remarkable that's that's the good news Mm -hmm. um on the on the people of color side we did not make as much progress as the agencies had agreed to why do you Uh, think that is uh, let me let me let me give you an answer then i'll tell you specifically what it is first first and foremost is only two of the agencies hit their targets Mm -hmm. um that was bbdno and fred and Mm farid they they were they were aiming to Thirty-five to forty percent, if I remember correctly, on, on and they exceeded those quotas. The other agencies were not able to meet the quotas. When you talk to them um, uh, about it, what they would say is that getting people into entry level mm-hmm. is relatively easy mm-hmm. um, because you, you you can tap into into colleges, you can build um, um, internship programs. Um, they tend to work very well, but getting people into mid and senior management roles was very difficult because the existing, um, the traditional methods for identifying talent um, was not tapping into into the pipeline of talent that there is and that they needed to figure out mm-hmm. where to go and find those talents. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the priority that we have for this year is making sure that the progress made on on, on women uh, is maintained, and now importantly, that we we focus on the on the people of uh, of color front.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, is that internally at HP as well as with agencies, or specifically uh, d- d-
1: d- with agencies? With, with, with internally and with and with the agencies as well. We d- we, we do have about twenty five percent people of color. We, we we think in some of our divisions we need to do better than that.
0: So the question of training the people that you do have or creating different pipelines or uh, what, what is, how do you walk the walk? Everyone is talking about diversity and talking and talking. Uh, you guys are very visibly walking. Uh, what's the next step of this walk? How do you get that pipeline populated and how do you, how do you raise people up the ranks who are non-traditional for those roles?
1: So the, the way I look at this, I think we are with people of color where we were with women several years ago. Uh, we need to do all three things. Mm-hmm. We need to build the pipeline. That means we need to we, we need to get those interns, mm-hmm. and we need to get them into marketing jobs, and we need to get to in, in, into advertising jobs. We need to ensure that that those interns are actually progressing. Within within the company, we need them. We need to train them properly. We need to mentor them, mm-hmm. uh, and then the last piece is uh, is uh, what you mentioned. We need to find new ways of figuring out uh, where that talent is located, mm-hmm. and then um, bringing them in, giving them a stretch assignment, and ensuring that they succeed. It's easier said than done, mm-hmm. but we we, we got to be more systematic about it. The 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 fact that now we're going to single-minded focus on that. Mm-hmm uh i th- i think is going to help
0: that's right and and you know the w- the you were very vocal at running in the run up to ces uh the ces was uh, um last month yeah uh and there were a, there was a dearth of female keynote speakers right and then so there were several cmo's including yourself who were very vocal about this are you in dialogue with CES right now? Their excuse was like, "Well, there's a limited pool," so we asked who we could find, but you know, there just weren't that many women who were of that caliber, which doesn't sound like an accurate reaction or response. So, what are you talking with them? What's so? What's so we, we listen. CES
1: um, is one of many ventures. The issue of uh, the the poor representation of women in center stages transcends CES. For sure, uh, who nails f- it? Who does a good uh, job? Um, I don't think we have uh, 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 of, of of the big of the big forums. I think the ANA A N A did a better job, mm-hmm. for example. In, in having both women and uh, and and people of, of people of colors, I think last year can did a much better job mm-hmm. in increasing in increasing their representation. Here in the the events in the United States, I think we, we need to do we need to do better. And oh. we, so CES was just one and and the conversation that we had a conversation with them and we said, guys, um, the, the the business case is 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 very critical. Not it's not only that. The women control seventy percent of all the purchase of all categories. When you actually took, looked at the technology, fifty-one mm-hmm. percent of my revenue in personal systems come from women. Forty-nine mm-hmm. percent of the um, the usage of printers mm-hmm. in the world comes from women. So, for for us, the fact that they they should be represented is 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 is, 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 is a business imperative. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Um, this was the second year in a row that they did not have women uh, keynoting, and we made our our, our our voice our voice heard in the conversation. They were open mm-hmm. they, the, and I said you, you know maybe maybe you have to be a bit more flexible with the criteria mm-hmm. I, and, and it's not about uh, lowering standards. this right. is about saying okay, what are the topics that you're going to cover?" Um, uh, uh, who are the best people to actually deliver the message. Mm -hmm. Some may be CEOs, some may not be CEOs. If I was to think about someone like Sheryl Sandberg, for example, that is not a CEO, Mm -hmm. I would tell you that she is having a more direct impact on the technology world than some of the CEOs that were present. So having a bit more flexible uh, 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 parameters Mm -hmm. to ensure that, what is your objective and who should be the right people? And then after you have th- that, add a layer of, of representation, I think is is good common sense. So they were very open about it. I would be very surprised if we don't see a change <laughs> uh, next year. Yeah. At the same time, you know, someone like Leslie Bertland at, mm-hmm. at, at Twitter, who actually started the movement. I was comment number 11, so right. I was not the original one. Right. It was Leslie, who I have nothing but respect and admiration for. She had her own tech panel right. on their Twitter, and she had the CEO of Recode, the chief um, uh, technical and security officer of Cisco. She had uh, Pashmina Warrior, who, who who now is the CEO of an electrical company, mm-hmm. previously the, a chief technology officer. She had the CEO of uh, Black Girls Code. She had the CEO of a startup. She had um, Linda Boff, the mm-hmm. the CMO of General Electric, Mm -hmm. and I have to tell you, the format was amazing, she gave everyone seven minutes to answer three questions, to to cover three things. Who you are and where you come from, Mm -hmm. uh, what are the key lessons that you've learned, and what advice would you give your younger self? Mm -hmm. I I was taking notes, this was not about women, this was lessons on leadership. I would take that same panel, and put it in center stage in CES, and I would tell you that it would be a hit. It was phenomenal. Well, let's do that right now. Who are you and where do you come from?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so my my name is Antonio Lucio. Yeah. I was born in Cádiz, <laughs> Spain. Uh yeah. it, it's uh it's a city in the southernmost part of Spain. Yep. Um, I, 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 my father was Spaniard. My mother is Puerto Rican. So okay. by, by the time I was seven, I moved to Puerto Rico, and, and we crossed the ocean twice before I was 12. Do you have family in Puerto Rico? I, I have m- most most of my family is in Puerto Rico, and uh, I still have my father's side in Cadiz, in the southern part of Spain. Every, everyone okay? In Rico. Everyone's okay. The yep. island um, is taking a, a, long, a long time mm-hmm. uh, to rebuild. I'm lucky that... Nothing happened to my family or my property, but there's still uh, a lot of people there that need a lot of help, and oh. it's, it's it's been very difficult to manage.
0: Yeah, I bet. Um, our so talk about that going back and forth. So that childhood from Spain to Puerto Rico and back. You know, those are two very different cultures. How does that inform what you do today?
1: I think it gave me a. Um, a, a, an interesting for uh, an interest for travel. I yep. I, I, I always I f- have a, had a, 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 a need and a passion to get out mm-hmm. of the island and get international assignments and and see um, and see the the world. Uh, both places were very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cadiz, the city has one hundred and ten thousand uh, people. The city of San Juan has a million people, mm-hmm. and the island of Puerto Rico has three point four. So, they the need to go. And, and see other mm-hmm. places was something that I, I think came from came stir from that. crazy a little bit? Huh?
0: Being, being stir
1: crazy a little bit? No, not stir crazy. Uh, it yeah, was yeah. a beautiful place to, sure. to grow up, uh, yeah. and a nice and caring community, and, yeah. and I still have uh, some of my best friends there, but yeah. I, I for some reason I needed to go out and, and see the world, and that came from, from that childhood,
0: no yeah. question. And so the, the, well, the third question that, that was from that Twitter panel was, what advice would you give your younger self? Um
1: don't judge yourself too hard. Yeah.
0: Don't um
1: mistakes are going to be part of life. Yeah. Uh as long as uh, as long as you learn and move forward, uh, they become critical experiences and help you define who you are.
0: Can you can you cite a mistake that was critical to your, oh, man, I've, yeah. I've
1: I've made every single mistake on the book, <laughs> on the personal and the on the yeah. and the and the professional, on yeah. the professional side. Uh um, I lost a marriage because I I was not balanced enough uh-huh. in terms of, of the amount of time that I was dedicating to my work versus the relative amount of time that I was dedicating to my family. Uh-huh. Uh in a in in one of those international experiences. I, I learned from that. I uh I um there was a, a point in time in my career when when uh I was diagnosed with, with chronic depression and I had uh-huh. to Fundamentally changed every aspect, uh, every after aspect of my life. What I ate, uh, uh, exercise uh, routines, uh, mm-hmm. the need for for meditation and, and balance. Um, uh, all all those things are are key lessons in lines that help mm-hmm. that help you define who you are. It makes you. Uh, uh, it makes you a more, a more interesting human being and a more compassionate a human more being, emp- which I think it's uh, it's critical.
0: More empathy, for sure. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that about the the depression. Thanks for for sharing. Is that something that you d- discuss or uh, mental well being uh, as part of your uh, leadership?
1: I I, I, I I do I do uh, that that moment in my life was um, uh, critical in 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 finding my purpose. Mm. Uh, up 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 until that time, I was sort of going doing really well um, in every aspect of my life but I, I I did not have a a true north in terms of what i what I was here to do um, what type of person I wanted to be and importantly the legacy that i that I wanted to uh, to have um, at the time i was uh, I was lucky enough um, to meet uh, a gentleman his name was uh, uh philip Gould mm. he passed about three years ago mm. he was Tony Blair's pollster mm-hmm uh, and he was uh, consumed by the, the questions of leadership mm-hmm. and, and at the time he said you know you guys uh, you guys live a very intense life. you're wired 24/7 you, 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 you guys being the leaders global business Glo- leaders. global, global yeah. business leaders mm-hmm. you you're living fast and all, and all that and I said that situation uh, creates a, a divide an attention between the spiritual self, the mm-hmm. person that you want to become. Mm-hmm. And the personal self, the per, the, the and, I'm sorry, the material self, mm-hmm. the spiritual and the material. The material is the person that you are day-to-day because you're going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, to me, and I will never forget it, he said, it is only by living a life with purpose and finding purpose in your life that you actually bring those right. two self. They become one, and you find meaning in work and family. That's
0: that classic Cartesian it, it split. Is. Right? There is.
1: And to, and to the moment that you bring them on, and that sometimes means that you have to make some tough choices. When you're in a place that doesn't allow you to live your purpose, mm-hmm. you have to leave that place. Mm-hmm. When you're with people that do not allow you to live your purpose, you need to leave those people. Mm-hmm. And the opposite holds true. When you find a place where, where you embrace your value and you can be yourself in every aspect of your life you're 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 happy you're me- you're living a meaningful life and you're making a difference you're an
0: integrated human really. that's right yeah well this is all fascinating let's 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 walk back a little bit to hp uh, and the challenges that, that, you guys, that you're facing that are sort of uni- unique to HP today. Uh, with all that we now know about you, um, you've said that, that in HP's case specifically, the brand is something, and this is a quote from an inter- a recent interview, uh, the brand is something that is built outside the business. It is something that you add onto the product. It is not synergistically built as one from the beginning. Can you unpack that a little bit as it pertains to HP's brand?
1: what what i what i what i what i was referring to that there is um, as you know i've i work in the consumer goods world mm-hmm. i've i've worked in fintech and mm-hmm. i now work in tech mm-hmm. um that was craft pepsi visa and now hp uh, and now hp yep. that's right so when um, when you come from the consumer goods world um, you start with a fundamental premise mm-hmm. as they taught me in p&g customer is boss mm-hmm. meaning you start and you end with a customer. You analyze their preferences, their behaviors, uh, their hopes, dreams, aspirations. You try to uncover unmet needs, mm-hmm. but it begins and ends with with a customer. Because of that, it is all anchored on brands. So the PNL is built around brand, and because of that, the marketing function actually leads um, what. When I was growing up in the business, were called the four Ps that now are called the four Es. So the pro- what type of product you're going to soft what we're going to offer is based on a brief that comes from the marketing function. Why? Because they are the voice of the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of pricing, the right value equation? Because you have the voice of the customer, you're able to establish the right pricing, distribution. Where where are, where are my customers going to buy? Again, mm-hmm. you have a very specific influence on that, and then you control the marketing and the brand. So that's the, that's the CPG. That's model. the CPG model. Mm-hmm. When you move outside of the CPG model, tech is the other example. The the the, the, the opposite model. FinTech uh, lies somewhere in between. Banking, insurance, they're closer to the tech model. the 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 premise is fundamentally different. Consumers do not know what they have never seen. Mm-hmm. We're here in the world of invention. Steve Jobs' words. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. When 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 that is the premise, the P's or the E's are distributed, so the product is led by engineers mm-hmm. because they're the ones doing the discovery. Mm-hmm. The pricing is held by what it is called the product function, which is sort of the business leaders mm-hmm. of the operation. The distribution is led by sales, mm-hmm. and then. Marketing is only building the brand mm-hmm. to overlay on top of the product. Is that easier or no, harder? it's much harder. Yeah. It's much harder. Much, much, much harder. The the the, the 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 question then is the role of marketing within tech is to earn a seat at the business table mm-hmm. so that through the utilization of data and the voice of the customer, you can begin to lead by influence, mm-hmm. product, pricing, and distribution. Mm-hmm. And, and and the first thing that you need to do then is to build the business model and begin to behave like a business person first. Mm-hmm. I we just went through our annual marketing review with the CFO, the CEO, and then eventually with the board. It was a two hour presentation. We did not show one piece of creative. Mm -hmm. It was all numbers. Mm -hmm. This is the business objective. This is the marketing objective. This is the marketing investment that we deliver. This is the results that we deliver against, Mm -hmm. against that. Those types of conversations are very different in the consumer goods uh, mm-hmm. world. No one asks you whether you need to advertise or not. Mm-hmm. It's inherent in the analyst, external analyst. It's inherent in the in the business. Here, that's the first question that you you need to you need to answer. So you need to create the the uh, the, the econometric model to prove that the function is a revenue. Generating function mm-hmm. and 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 that it, that it is constantly adding value and that you can quantify that value. So you
0: were able to prove that you we we have been we have
1: been and uh, again it's yeah. um, to the point um, that we it was sort of brand and marketing is something nice to do to the point that now you have the business leaders mm-hmm. actually requesting more marketing su- support because we've been able to prove that when we do it and we do it right yeah. there's an impact in the revenue so line.
0: so how are you doing it i know we've we we are currently working on a story on uh disney which is relaunching the mickey mouse club as a sort of facebook exclusive i know that you guys are involved in product placement there you guys are involved in product placement on a new amazon prime show bar barlett mm-hmm. um is that strategy a tactic is that uh uh product placement sort of your main advertising a- uh, uh avenue or what what else is going it's out?
1: it's a tactic yeah. uh so the the the, the, the f- first in over the last two two and a half years mm-hmm. um we've been able to grow the revenue line on both business that was not the case before mm-hmm. because we're talking about pcs and we're talking about printers mm-hmm. so there's a these were challenge categories. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the drivers behind the revenue growth, mm-hmm. the fact that we've been able to grow s- all-time high share on both categories, mm-hmm. and the brand KPIs, awareness, consideration, preference, and net promoter scores are an all-time high, is because of a combination of mm-hmm. everything. Great products mm-hmm. that that came out of a marketing insight. Mm-hmm great sales execution by our sales force and our channel, mm-hmm. and then great, great uh, demand generation. From oh. a marketing standpoint, the things that we needed to change, and I'll, I'll tell you where those placement fit within this. Mm-hmm. The first, we needed to change several things. Number one, we were not talking to millennials. Right. Millennials are 60% of our commercial revenue. ITDMs, IT decision makers, yeah. are 60% of them are millennials. So
0: millennials are printing.
1: <laughs> we want silly. them. We want them to print, we want, I'm sure you and do. we want their kids. <laughs> we uh, and I'll tell you where but Mickey Mouse. Mickey fits. Mouse, they're printing Mi- photos. Mi- Mi- right? Mi- Mickey Mouse is teaching the millennials kids yep. because it's the older millennial our, our bolsa targets. Yep. What is the magic of
0: printing? Because this is the ephemeral generation, right? They, they're sending each other snaps. The, the, that, that's a, right. A photo is not a thing in a shoebox anymore. A photo is a thing that's gone in a second. It's a that, song.
1: That's right. So we're, we're trying to bring the magic of printing back to life yeah. there. Um, uh, so addressing millennials re-anchored everything on reinvention, which is the brand promise. Mm-hmm. Um, Achieving digital mastery, which we did not have. We're spending 73% of our dollars in in digital media. Mm-hmm. A combination of search, because we are, we're not impulse products, we right. are rational products. So search for, for products and for information. Banners lower in the funnel when you need, um, when you need specific price pricing uh, information. And then a lot of social media with video. Mm-hmm. Um, then, um, n- not only re-anchoring, re- reinvention, and using digital digital media, then is bringing emotional connection back to the brand. Mm-hmm. The the brand two and a half years ago, you would describe it as a brand with brains, no heart. Right. Great value, reliability, uh, um, uh, uh, great product performance. Not a lot of love. So mm-hmm. all the work that we've been doing over the last two years is about bringing a lot more emotion to all those rational benefits that the brand inherently Is Was have. that
0: a tough sell internally?
1: Initially, yes, but then we we, bu- we were able to build the model mm-hmm. to show that brands, uh, messages that have stronger emotional connection translate into higher revenue impact. Mm-hmm. We had to build that model, and mm-hmm. we were able to show showcase that. So within all that, how do you become relevant to this to, the, to this group is finding them where they are. So in the case of the Mickey Mouse Club is the, mm-hmm. the older millennial kids need to learn how to print. Mm-hmm. The innovation was the sprocket, a small printer for your pocket, mm-hmm. and showcasing them within something that was relevant. Everything that we do in, in terms of placements or sponsorship or partnerships, you need to do three things. It has to be relevant to your target. Mm-hmm. It has to have a reinvention component, mm-hmm. and then our products need to be the technological platform that ex- empowers the, the experience. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what Mickey Mouse does. Bartless is, is the same thing. Right. It's, a, it's an agency that is reinventing itself. It's relevant for the millennial target, mm-hmm. and, um, and,
0: and our, our, our product is powering the overall experience. So it's talking about the experience yes. over, over the product, right? Okay, so what, and, and, and that's sort of a broader trend in marketing that we're seeing, anyways, is the value of experiences. Um, does that inform this decision? Or? It, it is. Uh,
1: so w- we're moving from the information age, which was everything about devices, to the experience age, where everyone is expecting a seamless, curated, hyper relevant, mm-hmm. personalized experiences, Mm -hmm. where your flow from the digital world into the physical world and back into the digital world, it is completely seamless and it's tailored tailored to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Within that, um, there are five things that we are pursuing to be able to capture Mm -hmm. that experience. Number one is uh, insights and analytics. Everything, because all the devices are generating data. Data is the lifeblood of, of our digital experience. And now all the devices, now and into the future, are gonna be more connected than ever and smarter than ever. Mm-hmm. Having the capability to transform all that data into an insight that will improve an experience mm-hmm. is a critical focus for us. Mm-hmm. The, the second piece is that um, the only channel is the omni-channel, which is the convergence the of... omni-channel is the only channel. Yeah, which right. is, means the convergence of of the physical and, and the digital. Um,
0: Everything's part of the greater whole.
1: Yeah, The thing is, when you're talking to your, your consumers, if you were to talk to your kids, mm-hmm. how they buy, they're gonna, they're, they, they, they will never mention, I'm digital and yeah. I'm physical. They're going to be searching for some information in, in their phone. Mm. They're going to go to the store. They may try it, and then... Your wife may say, "Yeah, I'm glad that it fits you." Now we're going to buy it in Amazon so that it's delivered to our home. Mm-hmm. So uh, they don't think that they're breaking anything. There, it's just mm-hmm. it's just seamless. So for when you're a marketer, well, you it drives
0: marketers crazy, right? Because they have no idea where that last click attribution is or what where that decision got made in the funnel. So
1: so that's what we're we're yeah. all working towards yeah. to making sure that yeah. those experiences are seamless. Right. Um, third. Um, Within a world of disruptive technologies, brands become more critical than ever. Mm -hmm. So disruptive technology, um, imagine a world where at home and at work, everything is powered by voice, Mm -hmm. uh, with artificial intelligence component, e-commerce applications and everything as a service, mean you don't own the devices anymore. Mm-hmm. It's the Uber concept for your house. You don't own them anymore.
0: It's Spotify, you don't own music anymore.
1: Yeah, so, so now you don't own any of the uh, any of the devices. Under that scenario, uh, someone will knock at your door one day and say, I'm here to repair your printer, or to change your printer. You're gonna go like, I didn't know that I needed to repair my printer. <laughs> because it's all smart and everything mm-hmm. is connected, and The second scenario is I'm going to have my wife's birthday, Ashley, and I can go and tell Alexa or Google or Siri, you know, Ashley's birthday is Friday. I want a wine and cheese for eight people at 8 Mm p.m. Either through my preferences or through my record of purchases, the right wine is going to come, the right cheese is going to come, and it's going to be delivered at home at that. Under any of those scenarios, brands are invisible. So the only way- that,
0: That's scary for brands.
1: It, well, it's scary, but it's a, it's a huge opportunity. Yeah. The only brands that are going to survive are the brands that are top of mind in your head and the ones that are top of algorithm.
0: Right.
1: So ensuring that we're all building brands so that your first choice when you're thinking wine is the one that you're gonna get mm-hmm. is more, more important than ever before. You don't have a shelf to say, oh, I like this brand, but this one is on, on offer. Mm-hmm you're gonna go for the first thing that you want or you may ask for a recommendation. Right. And when that recommendation comes, the top of algorithm is gonna rule. So ensuring that you're top of mind and top of algorithm, critically important. The, the not, not only brands are important, the, the, the fourth element is that within this environment, um, hard rules.
0: Yeah.
1: You have so many screens and more to come that are capable of delivering messaging. Mm-hmm. If everything is a serv- as a service in this new world is everything as a message mm-hmm. that you're gonna bet you're gonna get confused, you're gonna get annoyed you're only going to pay attention on those things that capture your heart. Mm-hmm. So brands need to ensure that on messaging they're leading with the heart and then closing with the brain. Mm-hmm. Throughout the journey, otherwise you're gonna you're gonna become obsolete. No, you, no one is gonna pay attention to you anymore. Mm-hmm. And then the last element within this experience age is, uh, I believe that um, there's an opportunity for brands to lead cultural change. And 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 the reason why I'm saying that is that more and more in this very divided world, it's not mm-hmm. just the U.S. We get the research from a er- Divided
0: yeah, and polarized. Like Brexit, you see it everywhere, right? In it's Europe.
1: completely divided, mm-hmm. and 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 you have um, politicians around the world that are are playing to the base mm-hmm. and are using fear and are using division as a way to win elections. And by the way, they have won elections right. here and elsewhere, including 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 Brexit. Um, th- th- See when you're when you're managing a brand like ours or some of the big brands, you cannot afford that. They they run every four to six years. We are in their trust and preference every day. Mm-hmm. So we need to begin to play in those cultural values that unite us. Mm-hmm as opposed to those that divide us. There's
0: a lot of risk, though, when you start playing in the cultural space. I mean, obviously you're doing it you're with the diversity initiative, but we've seen brands get pulled into a political conversation, even reluctantly, even accidentally, even sort of taken out of context you know? Yeah. And it's a very, it can be very damaging, very scary for, for brands. But you're saying lean into the cultural moments, but find the ones that are, are uniting. But even that can be so,
1: so we did. I don't know if, if you words. saw it, the 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 togetherness spot that you mm. should um, uh, you should watch for the holidays. Um, was aimed at addressing the cultural divide, mm. and and the reason we, we we did it is we found, you know, after the election, like many marketers around the world, we were going like, oh my God, what what just happened? All the all the polls were going into one direction, mm-hmm. and the election went into the other direction. Maybe we don't know mm-hmm. our consumer anymore. And um, so we went out and we wanted to understand, um, we wanted to understand the divide. What are the things that separate us and what are the things that put us together? And the marketing question behind it is, my God, are we so polarized that we may need different messaging Mm. to red and blue states? Mm -hmm. Um, So we did a a lot of work, a lot of of work on that. and, 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 And what we found was that even when you take the newspapers, the rhetoric, whether it's real news or fake news, and all the stuff that we, we know and, 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 and talk about, state after state, political persuasion or, or, or political persuasion, we still have some things that unite us very, very strongly. Um, we all want a better, a, a better world for our, for our kids. Mm-hmm. We all want them to have, have the right level of education and the right level of opportunity so that they can live better lives we all want them to live in communities that are clean, safe, where people help each other. And finally, we all continue to believe, regardless of what the definition of family is, that the family continues to be the bonds that hold community, country, and the world and the world together. Mm-hmm. And 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 in that study there was an urn, there was a, a need for people to reach out mm-hmm. and to have meaningful conversations. Um, and, and, and that is all fertile territory right. that we and brands can tap into. That we still have. That is, that is the American dream still to this day.
0: Great. I think that's a, a lovely sentiment to end on, too. So I think it's been a great conversation. Thank
1: you. Thank Thanks. you for the opportunity. So Always you. nice talking to you.
0: Thank you for coming in. I want to thank Antonio Lucio for joining me today. Uh, Antonio is, of course, the CMO of HP. I'm Brian Breaker, editor of Ad Age. I want to thank David Hall, our producer, and I want to thank you, our listeners. Please visit us at adage.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can hear it at iTunes, at Stitcher, at Spotify, wherever good podcasts are heard. Rate us highly, tell a friend, and come back next week. Thanks a lot.